You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Well, here's a shout out to all the brothers around the world, all the sisters around the world that are listening. We are back for another episode of Rediscovering Biblical Manhood. What's up, Jay Teresi? Good to have you in the studio again today. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm looking at a beautiful forest in my backyard as spring is trying to turn the corner in Georgia. So it's a great day. Let's go. A beautiful forest. Man, isn't that just the way of the world right now? So, Jay, um, before we jump into today's episode, which I'm really excited about, I just want to give some acknowledgement and a shout out to our listeners around the world. Jay and I have been digging into the stats and it continues to reach more and more people, which we're very grateful for and humbled for and glory be to God for that. Um, Shout out to our brothers and sisters in Cameroon that are tuning in, in the Netherlands, in Hong Kong, in Australia, Jay. We had two downloads in Australia last month. Go Australia. And then, of course, all of the Canadian, North American, uh, USA brothers and sisters as well. We are glad that you are here. And just resetting context before we jump in, we're just two dudes in our own home studios. We're not in a studio. There's no soundproofing here. We are just really excited that we can be together uh, to bring glory to Jesus and talk about the way that we're walking and trying to find our walk in rediscovering our own biblical manhood. Well, I think that reset is good, Chica. You know, how did this podcast come to be? Chica and I were meeting for breakfast once a week for three plus years, exploring biblical Christianity from a manhood perspective. And at one point, we're like, we should share this conversation. So it is important to remember, we're not theologians, but we love Jesus and we love being men and we want to be better men. And that's what Mm. this whole podcast is about. So there are great podcasts. If you want theology and, and all of that sort of things you should listen to. When you come here, what you're getting is real guys really trying to live out our Christian faith and really trying to take all of that great knowledge from all these different teachers and say, well, what does that look like in the real world? And what does the real world even mean, right? There's a lot of context. Chica, we live in the United States and that's one culture. There's people listening to us all over the world in different cultures facing a different set of norms. But that's always been the challenge of the Christian life, right? You get dropped into whatever time period, whatever culture, What connects us as believers is how I live in the United States is the same way my brother or sister in Cameroon is supposed to live, is the same way our brother and sister in Australia is supposed to live. That's what makes Christianity unique. We should look the same no matter what time frame, context, or culture we've been dropped into. And so that's what this podcast is about is like, well, how how do you do that in real life? And that's what we're talking about all the time. So remember, we read the Bible. We have points of view, but not PhDs, not theologians, but men who love Jesus. All right. Well, let's pray, and then we will get into today's topic. Jesus, we are talking about you because we love you. Jesus, we ask that you come next to us today as we explore and walk beside you uh, to really open up our own lives to what it is that you're calling us to do. And may the listeners have their own Eyes open, their own ears opened as we speak, uh, so that your Holy Spirit may deposit what it is that is your will for them. We love you so much. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So kicking off and starting out, we ended our last episode talking about labels. 
And, you know, we had done the mental time travel discussion. Nancy came on and talked about inner healing, which was incredible. Challenge we gave to the men was think about the labels other people have put on you or that you have put on yourself and jot them down. What are the things that you both on the positive side and on the negative side have accepted or might believe? And we were going to come back today and talk about, well, what do you do with that? And, and thinking about the conversation we were just having, Chica, resetting the podcast, Chica and I were at a men's Bible study group gathering earlier this week, and we were talking about this amazing story from, I think it's the first century or early second century, one Roman official writing to another Roman official, talking about this peculiar group of people called Christians and this weird way that they live. And they gather together on Sunday mornings at dawn and they share the bread and wine, like they're recreating the death of their savior. Like, I don't know. And he was asking for advice on like, how do I stamp them out? What do I do with them? But the way I heard that is talking about labels. If we collectively believers walked into that gathering in the first century, here's what's mind blowing. Not only will we know what to do, we would fit right in. We could talk with them and we would have the same set of language around Jesus and around what the Christian life is supposed to be. And that's mind-blowing. That's 2,000 years ago. So when we think about this labels discussion, Chica, we've got to cut through what the world, our flesh, and the enemy is telling us and say, what, what does the Bible and Jesus have to say about what labels we should accept and what labels we should push away? And how do we identify them and what do we do with them? Labels are such an interesting um, metaphor for, for what the, the real guts of this conversation is, Jay, because labels, if I, if I take a post-it note, write something on it, and then come stick it on you, or if I'm looking in the mirror and I write on my own post-it note and stick it on myself, that's the metaphor that we're talking about here. What label are you putting on yourself based on a circumstance, based on a behavior, based on something that somebody else may have told you in the past? And therefore, you carry that label throughout the day. But if we were to also stand here, and if you look down at your left hand and you had five post-it notes or stickers on there, which were labeling you as something, if you decided to take your right hand and swipe it away, labels only really stick if you let them, right? And so today, I'm also excited, Jay, to talk through what are the labels that are being given to us by our Savior? What are the labels that are being given to us by our God, as well as and or in addition to the labels that we've attached to ourselves. So did you come up with any labels as you were oh, yeah. thinking about it? What, so I'd love oh, yeah. to hear some of yours. What, oh, what yeah. did... um, and I think that as I've matured, not only as a Christian, but as a professional, you know, and as a man growing up, um, I recall back home uh, a couple of key moments in my life that I had experiences and therefore carried on a label. So here's an example. I'm sitting with a group of 30 to 50 teenagers on a hill watching a rugby game, the Parramatta Eels versus the Brisbane Broncos. And I want to say this is circa, you know, 1995, 1996. And um, we're all cheering for the team and a policeman or a security guard comes over to the entire group and he says, one of you needs to come with me because you're all making too much noise and you have a whistle that you're not allowed to have here in the stadium. And everybody goes quiet. And so the security guard points at me. Now, time out. I'm going to a Roman Catholic high school. 
I'm kind of brown in color and all of my friends are white, right? And so he pulls me out and I'm the brown caramel guy and I pop up and I go, all right, you want me to come with you? And at that stage, one of my friends in the crowd throws the whistle at the security guard and says, sorry, sir, take the whistle, let him stay because he was going to kick me out of the stadium. And as the security guard turned around, I said to myself, or I said to him out loud, did you choose me because I'm brown? And it erupted the the the, the crowd, right? The, the friends. They all just started laughing so hard because I suddenly labeled myself as it was almost like, are you doing this because of a discrimination piece? And so for the rest, I remember of my college, excuse me, my high school career, I kind of used that phrase, is it because I am that you can, as kind of the way to get people to turn to me and get attention, right? And so for me, that label really, that experience allowed me to stick a label that caused laughter, that caused attention, that caused me to get what I needed in that situation, but also disguised a fear that I had that I truly was the only brown guy in a white boy school. Man, see, that that's what's so interesting about labels is there was this surface level, you came into agreement with a label, and you used it to get things. But then there's this deeper piece in your soul that is corrosive, right? Like, I am lesser than, I am an outcast, I am something. And that's the one that festers and grows in the dark, right? And And can become, well, it can become really, really toxic. Well, I remember the boy called Tim in the fourth grade at primary school that came up to me and said, you're chocolate ice cream. And it scared me because it was the first time somebody had called me out for my skin color, right? And I went home and mom said, well, you have to say chocolate ice cream is better than vanilla ice cream, right? But I carried that right through to that breakthrough. And this is all through years of counseling that I've discovered and going back and scraping away at what, what the fear was. But it was that 11th grade moment on the hill at the rugby stadium that really caused me to flip that and use what I was scared of to my advantage. And therefore I labeled myself as walking forward. You know, I'm curious as a father, so um, your wife is white, you have beautiful daughters who share your skin tone. How did, did, do you think about that and how they're going to make their way in the world? Uh, well, <laughs> fortunately, they also with my skin color have incredible looks right? And so they're gorgeous girls, which is, I guess, to their advantage and disadvantage. So there's a healthy balance that we've got to throw in where we do not put their value on their looks because looks will deteriorate. But what we also do is talk through, you know, in the society that we live in, um, who are you at the core? And we come back to our faith and lucky for them, lucky for me, um, they're already starting to anchor their own faith in themselves not uh, sorry in their heavenly father not in their their precious looks even though like we spoke about earlier this week in the men's bible study every second moment they're turning around taking photos of themselves because they're young women trying to fit in in a in a fleshly world it's so interesting and and i think that gets to the root of it right what is this all, what are labels all really about identity mm. and if you go through the gospel really really the challenge and and the opportunity for the christian life is what is my identity going to be based on? And you go back into the Old Testament, into the Psalms, and into Psalm 1 starts, like, where are you rooted? Because the winds is life are going to blow, and, you know, we all have stories. Yours was really poignant, and, and it's pretty, you know, in the United States right now, that's a pretty forefront thing, right, it, it, it is you're thinking about what you dealt with. And what you were just talking about, that happened 
gosh, almost 30 years ago, Chica, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're talking. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> hey, listen, we're all balding. Well, you're already bald, but I'm balding too. Um, but, you know, you think about, sometimes we think some of these things are modern day or this or that, but like, look, I'm sure there's a lot of people that just heard you tell that story and they've got that same story. And they're like, oh man, I totally resonate that. Like, I don't resonate with, with what you said other than, I can't empathize. I can sympathize because I'm like, that must have felt terrible to get called out like that. But I can empathize because I've never been called out of a group because of the color of my skin. It's never happened, right? Right. Well, and and I'm sure there is this next example for you that we haven't spoken about. I've realized too in my professional life because of my personality or because of, I guess, who I am at the core. There are times now, and I've had this happen in the last three jobs, where we will get on a Zoom call, where we will be at a dinner. And literally, I remember... The lady turned to me and said, Chica, tell us a story. Or on the Zoom call, hey, Chica, what'd you do this weekend? Because they know that chances are I'll be able to liven, liven up the conversation because that's just, I guess, my personality. But on the back end, like, I hate that now. It's like, why are you? T- I'm not your court jester. I'm not the clown. I'm not your entertainer. Yet there's this label that I have in the professional realm too where, oh, give it to Chica. He will make sure that we are all engaged. You know, that's really interesting, Chica, and it kind of leads into this discussion around that probably is a lot of pressure. And so then where do you take that? Because, well, clearly God has gifted you with the ability to set people at ease. Clearly God has gifted you with the ability to be a great storyteller and to move people. And so, you know, in our flesh, if we've accepted a label that says, well, I don't want that label and always be like that, you might feel tons of anxiety and pressure going into a meeting. And so this is where the work is, right? How do we relabel ourselves and then accept the gifts that God has given us and the mission mm. he has for us? Like when I went through my list, I was surprised at some of the things on what I would call the bad side of the ledger that I thought I had dealt with that came up. And I was talking to my wife about it and we were listening to some stuff and she's like, Jesus wants to take you back because there's always another layer and you'll be healing on these things for the rest of your life. My wife is involved in the inner healing ministries and and so, you know, I actually went and met with some some seasoned um, Christians who did her healing. And I was asking them, I'm like, why are these things coming back up? Well, you're shifting jobs. You've had a pretty tough year professionally. You're revisiting these labels. And now you've been, you've, you've won a job that suddenly, for whatever reason, you've decided you're not worthy of. And these labels of weak and a failure and fake and obnoxious and a poser all came back up. And I'm like, Really? really? These things are back. But what was beautiful was talking it out. We were able to find new aspects of those lie labels, I'll call them, where I could find some more healing to prepare me for the next season of my life. And so this work is really important because as long as we're on this side of the veil, these labels are going to try to come back, right? That's, that's, That's the nature of a fallen and broken world. That's the nature of your enemy. He, he, he knows your story. He can't read your mind, but he knows your story. So he's going to say, well, making them think they were weak worked once. Let's see if we can come back around on that, right? And this is to your point, Chica, where we have to say, but what does the Bible say about my identity? Mm. Uh, well, <laughs> the echo that I have as soon as you say that phrase is a child of God, right? I, I remember that John 1.12 says, but to all who did receive him, whom believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And and that's one that echoes in my household as I see my girls, as I see them trying to be fleshly, 
before I cut them there and, and just walk up and say, don't do that because daddy says so, you know, I have to, well, where are we pointing them towards? And so for me, the central, the central, well, the, the tip of the arrow for me is this idea of we are all children of God. What about for you? A label. Well, I think, I think as we're kind of turning the corner a little bit and saying last, we said, see if you can identify your labels and we'll talk about what do you do with them? And there are, you know, some complex answers to that. Some of those involve real wounds and you need to go to counseling. You need to go to inner healing. You need to go meet with some people. But what can you do while you're working through all of that? Well, it's very, very simple opportunity to say, what does scripture say Mm. about who I am after I become a follower of Jesus? And scripture has so much to say. And so one of the things Chica and I want to offer up is ask Jesus to take you through the Bible, go on Google and Google identity passages and write some of those down on note cards, on sticky Mm. notes for a while. So if you have acquired a label that says, I am pathetic, you can go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. You are a new creation. The old person, the old man is gone and the new has come. Like you're a new person, actually. Oh, that's interesting. How about Galatians 2.20? I have been crucified with Christ. Ergo, I'm dead. I no longer live, but now Christ lives in me. Well, would you say that Christ is pathetic? I don't think any follower of Jesus would say he's pathetic and he lives in you and he's living through you. So you go, well, I guess pathetic can't live here anymore. I I love the one about I am not enough, right? I'm not enough or I am unloved. And and first John would say there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. I mean, (laughs) to your point, this is such a cool exercise for the list that you have in front of you listeners um, to, to just get on the internet and see what are the identities. It's such a fun exercise. And Jay, if I can go sideways for a second, listeners, when I walk into Jay's house, and this may not be the same now as it was probably 10 years ago when we used to hang out, Jay, but I used to love, I would walk into one of your bathrooms or I'd walk through your house next to the fridge or next to the garage door and your wife or yourself had put up these phrases so that your children we're seeing that and I've and I've completely mirrored that and I do that the same around my house with my family too, so that you're constantly being reinforced for the good stuff that is your identity in Christ. And it's so powerful. So so let's bring this to a close talking about this. My son and I were having this. My son is twenty, he's in college, he's a biblical studies major, he wants to be a philosophy professor. So every time we talk now, we've got these deep <laughs> And he's just recently discovered cigars, so he's much to his mother's chagrin. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's going through a phase. But so we're out back last night late, and we're having this discussion, and we're talking about how did the universe really get created? God spoke it. Scripture says he spoke it. He declared it, and out of nothing, it came. And so when you think about why do we put that stuff everywhere, the power of our words, the power of our thoughts, like we talked about this a few episodes ago. It, even for unbelievers, everybody understands. I make a vision board. I ask things. Why, why, why does this work? Our God creates through the spoken word. And so when you say to yourself, well, I'm pathetic, and you have that scripture on your mirror that says, no, you are an overcomer. You're an overcomer. It is so important to know that those things all may have been true before you knew Jesus. 
and the world may still be trying to hang those things on you. But the only thing that matters after you become a believer, and I'm still trying to learn how to even live this way, is what Jesus has to say about you. And he says all through scripture from the Old Testament to the New, a lot of things. So I would say this is a great exploration activity. Take your list of the good things that you've labeled yourself. I'm there because there are good. I know there's good things. I hope. I pray you've labeled some good things about yourself. But if you've been honest with yourself in this exercise, there's probably some things there. You you want to explore them, yes, and heal them. But at the same time, beginning today, you want to start declaring against them. So when that thought pops into your head, Amen. The, the Bible says very clearly you got to take all thoughts captive. Like this is this is the game in a fallen and broken world. You're behind enemy lines. We got to take those thoughts captive. So when you go, oh, I'm not going to get this promotion because I'm pathetic. Then boom, you got to take that thought captive. And what's the truth statement? What's the declaration you're going to yes. put in place of that to say, nope, I am not pathetic. I may or may not get the promotion, but I know this. I am blank because my savior says I am. Amen, Jay. And so today, listeners, we've talked about the labels that we put on ourselves. And as we said at the start, labels only really stick if you let them. So let's replace them. And maybe next week, Jay, we can continue about pointing outwards to the labels that sometimes we may throw out at others and the impact that that has on our walk with Christ. So let me pray, Jay, and, and thank you, listeners, again. Heavenly Father, woo, this is a topic. This is a topic that we can all continue to work on. So, Lord, this week, as we step into thinking through what are the labels that we've given ourselves, Lord, I ask that you can reveal the true identity that we are forgiven, Lord, the true identity that we are secure, that we are capable, that we are valuable to you, and that we are dearly loved. Lord, we love you. Continue to bless our listeners over this week. Amen. <laughs>